John 17. This is the Son's prayer to the Father. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and then to see my glory, the glory you have given me, 
because he loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This is God's word. Shall we pray um, as we come to this passage uh, together? Jesus prayed, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Our Father, we praise you that you speak to us, that you speak to us in words that are true for our good. And so we pray that we would be changed as we look at your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. When, um, when you're in a dangerous situation, uh, it's good to know that someone is looking out for you, isn't it? When you're in danger, it's good to know that someone's got your back, that you will be protected. I don't know if, how many of you caught uh, the BBC series Bodyguard uh, over the past few weeks. Um, it is excellent. If you haven't seen it, it's still on the iPlayer. Um, do catch up with it. The basic premise of, of um, the drama uh, is that there's the Home Secretary, um, who is, uh, everyone is out to get the Home Secretary, and not just in a kind of political way, in a sort of murderous kind of way. Everyone, uh, it seems, at once the Home Secretary dead, the, um, the terrorists and other politicians and the police, and it, that's, that's the intrigue of the show. And um, so you've got the Home Secretary uh, in danger, and you've got PC uh, David Budd, who is her Scottish, very stern, uh, very serious bodyguard. And his job is to keep her safe. That's it. Keep the Home Secretary alive, safe and well. Um, now, I don't want to, to give away any uh, plot spoilers because uh, you might all want to go in and watch it. But um, we can say that his results are mixed. Let me just say that. His results are mixed. Will he protect the Home Secretary? Maybe, maybe not. Okay? I don't think that's giving too much away uh, to say it. You'll have to watch it soon. Um, he has one job to protect the Home Secretary. Will he be able to do it? When, um, when Jesus has got your back, uh, there are no mixed results. He will protect you always. Um, so whatever is going on for you right now, uh, however many dangers uh, you feel you're facing, however hard-pressed uh, life uh, is on you right now, he will protect you. And whatever flack uh, you're currently getting or will get uh, for being a Christian, you know, whether that's at school uh, or on campus, uh, in the office at the school gate, wherever it is, he will protect you. God will keep you and protect you. And he'll give you a task uh, to do in the meantime. That's what we're going to see this morning uh, as we look at this wonderful prayer of Jesus in John 17. He will keep us. He will protect us. And we're just looking at the, the middle chunk. Uh, last week we looked at 1 to 5. We're looking at 6 uh, to 19 this morning. And then we'll finish the prayer off uh, next week. Just a reminder where we are uh, in John 17. This is the prayer that Jesus is praying the night before uh, he's, he's going to the cross. And he's preparing his disciples for his departure uh, back to the Father. Last week we saw that uh, Jesus prays that God would glorify him uh, as he goes to the cross. So that it is at the cross that God is supremely glorified. 
Now, uh, Jesus turns to pray for believers, uh, for the disciples, who are about to find themselves, aren't they, in a pretty tight spot. Um, in just a matter of hours, Jesus is going to be arrested, uh, taken off, and they're going to be left uh, bereft without him, without the man who, who, who has been uh, so close to them, has been their leader for so long. And they'll scatter, and as he's crucified, he'll be, he'll be on his own, and they'll be in hiding somewhere. What will Jesus pray for these believers uh, before that happens? He prays two things for them, doesn't he? He prays that the Father would protect them and that the Father would sanctify them, would set them apart. Protect them, sanctify them. The Father always answers Jesus' prayers uh, because Jesus is the eternal Son uh, who always prays fully in line with God's will. Jesus, uh, God answers this prayer of Jesus, even as Jesus prays it. So if, if Jesus prays this for us, which I think we'll see that he does, we can trust that whatever life throws at us, God will answer that prayer. When Jesus says, protect them and sanctify them, God will answer it. Let's dive in then and see, see how we get to, uh, through these verses. We need to understand firstly who it is that Jesus is praying for. He's not praying for everyone. He's praying for a specific group of people. Look at verses 6 to 10 again. Verse 6. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. Jesus starts by taking great care to to pick out the group that he is praying for. I mean, he doesn't name specific people. He's not praying for Steve and Jill and Simon. Uh, but he's, he, he prays for a category of people. A category of people that are chiefly the disciples, but wider, uh, all believers. And I think the heading in the NIV is slightly um, unhelpful. It isn't just that Jesus is praying for his disciples as in the 11. He's praying a bit more broadly than that. Let's see, let's see that. He prays um, for those who have been marked up by what God has done and by what they have done. What has God done for this group of people? He's revealed himself to them through the Lord Jesus. He's given them to Jesus. They are his, out of the world. And he is, he is, Jesus has given them the Father's words. God has revealed himself and given his words to this group of people. But, but they've also responded, this group of people have also responded in a certain way, haven't they? What have they done? They've obeyed the Father's word, verse 6. They are those who have accepted Jesus' words, verse 8. And they are those who know that Jesus has come from the Father, having been sent by him. In other words, Jesus is praying for the believers. Those who have had God revealed to them and who have responded rightly with obedience and faith. In the first instance then, his disciples, the eleven the wider believers, and I want to suggest to us today, 
And the same things are true of us if we are Christians here this morning. We are those to whom Jesus has revealed the Father and who have responded to that word in obedience and faith. So if you are a Christian here this morning, I want to persuade you that Jesus prays this for you today. Jesus has got your back. And we'll get to what that means in a minute, but let's be clear that what that doesn't mean. It doesn't mean, uh, does it, that life will run smoothly uh, from here on in. It certainly doesn't mean that. Um, it doesn't mean that nothing will ever go wrong, that you'll never be hurt. Um, it certainly doesn't mean that. It does mean that God will protect you. When, you. when you put your trust in Jesus, you're on Jesus' side. It's like joining his ship. He is the captain of the ship and you come in as, as a crew member. Jesus is your captain and he will do all that is required to keep you. He'll not let you be swept overboard. He'll not let you be uh, taken away through any storms. He will keep you. The flip side of that, of course, is that um, if you're not uh, a member of Jesus' crew, uh, you're, uh, he's not praying this for you. You're not under his protection. And Jesus says that explicitly, doesn't he? He says, I am not praying for the world. Now, the world in John are, are those who, who do not see who Jesus is, who do not see that Jesus has come from the Father, and who do not respond rightly with obedience and faith. So therefore, if you're, if you're here this morning and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, you're not putting your trust in Jesus, then Jesus isn't praying this for you. I don't want you to be confused about that. He could pray it for you. All you have to do is put your trust in him. But, but he's not praying for the world here. He's praying for those who are his. Okay, so Jesus is praying here for his people. It's important we get that. It's also important uh, that we see uh, what it is, who it is that Jesus prays for. It is those who, uh, what does he say? Glory has come to me through them. Glory has come to me through them. This little band of believers, Jesus says, have brought him glory now given what jesus just said that we looked at last week that glory comes to him ultimately at the cross um, it is extraordinary isn't it that anybody uh, would be able to bring glory to jesus particularly extraordinary if you think who it is jesus is talking about this little ragtag bunch uh, of believers and um, those who have uh, constantly misunderstood what jesus has said um, those who are impetuous, impatient, who are much more concerned about their own glory than God's glory. Those who, in a matter of hours, will deny Jesus and leave him to die alone. Those believers, those disciples, have brought Jesus glory. That's, I think that's an encouragement for us, isn't it? As we feel like a ragtag bunch of believers even with all our flaws and all our misunderstanding, all our weaknesses, all our mixed motivations, all our, mixed, all our missed opportunities, we are able to bring Jesus glory as we respond to him with obedience and faith. Let that be an encouragement to you. Okay, Jesus is praying for the believers, those who are his, those who have responded with faith, and he's praying for them as he prepares to leave this world. Verse 11 he says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. 
Jesus is going to the cross where he will be glorified. But the believers, in a sense, will be left behind. That will be hard for them. Jesus already prayed that, that they would have the Spirit, that they know the Spirit is coming, and yet it will be hard. And they'll be a bit like, like a crew without their captain. And so Jesus prays for them, and we get into the heart of the prayer now. The two things that Jesus prays for them, protect them and sanctify them. We'll look at them in turn. Firstly then, protect them. Jesus prays, protect them. Second half of verse 11. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. Jesus prays that the Father would protect the believers. He prays that because Jesus knows what the world is like. He knows that the world will be a tough place uh, to be a believer. Jesus knows that because the world hated him first. In in under 24 hours, he'll be hanging on a cross because of the hatred of the world towards him. Jesus knows what he's talking about. He isn't some um, high-flying general who sits in his command post miles away from the front line and, and issues commands. He's not telling us to go over the top without him. He is there in the trenches with believers. He knows the battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil firsthand. And so Jesus is realistic about how the world will respond to believers, to God's people. In verse 14, he says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. The world, Jesus says, that those who don't put their trust in Jesus, will hate the people of the word because the word confronts them and challenges them. And that will be true, won't it, for these first believers. And many of them will die uh, proclaiming Christ. And they'll give up their lives. And so we ask the question, has Jesus' prayer failed? Jesus prays, Father, protect them. Most of these who are listening, uh, when he says that, will, will die for their trust in Jesus. Has Jesus' prayer failed? I mean, it's certainly true that the world hates our brothers and sisters uh, in the persecuted church, doesn't it? Um, I get a, an email about once a month from an organization called the Barnabas Fund, which is a, um, an organization that works with uh, raising awareness for the persecuted church. Now, to my shame, most, most months I don't even bother reading it. Um, it sits in my inbox uh, until I get so embarrassed that I just delete it without even reading it. But I read it this month, and, and here's um, the, the stories every month of Christians under attack uh, for their trust in Jesus. And here is one this month. Uh, in North, North Kenya, um, a bus, bus trip um, full of just local ordinary people is stopped by um, Al-Shabaab militants. And everyone who doesn't look like a Muslim uh, is, uh, presumably the way they're dressed, is brought off the bus and told to, uh, to recite the, the Shahada, the um, Islamic creed. And if they won't, uh, they're killed. Uh, two, uh, two young men uh, on that bus died, a young boy called Joshua and a young worker called Masalani, tied up and killed because they were Christians, because they trusted in Jesus. 
and they would not let go of him, even in the face of that. Has Jesus' prayer for Joshua and Maslany failed? Father, protect them. What about for us? We may not be killed for our faith, not likely in this country, at least at the minute. But it can be very exposing to be a Christian, can't it? When you are once again the punchline of the office joke, when your neighbors simply assume that you're a bigot because you're a Christian, when your children are teased in the playground because they love Jesus, has Jesus' prayer failed? Father, protect them. Well, no, it, it hasn't, has it? We've, we've already said that the Father always answers the prayers of Jesus. Jesus will protect what is most precious to him. And that is our hearts. He doesn't promise to protect our lives necessarily, but he does promise to protect our hearts. He will keep us trusting in him to the end. And that is a much better promise of safety. That is a much better promise than the promise of safety in this life. No matter what the world does to our bodies, he will protect our hearts because they are his. And so Jesus prays, Father, protect them. He prays a bit more specifically than that, doesn't he? He says, Father, protect them by the power of your name. In describing your name, it's just a way of summing up all of who God is and his character, his nature. And so when, when Jesus prays, uh, pr- protect them, he is appealing to God's nature to protect the thing that is his. He is jealous for his people. Jesus has protected the disciples this far. He's kept them. And that's not about to change, even though their situation is about to change. God will protect them. He'll protect their hearts. And that's encouraging for, the, for these disciples, isn't it? They're about to be left uh, to themselves. Um, and that's an encouragement. Jesus will, God will protect you. He will keep you. Except um, it would be an encouragement apart from uh, the awkward thing that's just happened. Uh, Judas has just left, hasn't he? He will betray Jesus to the authorities. And so... As Jesus prays for protection, he makes it clear that Judas uh, is the exception, not the norm. The, The disciples may wonder, hey, what about Judas? Does that mean that God's promise to protect us? Can we not can we not trust it? Verse 12. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. Judas will be lost, but for a specific reason, and that reason is to fulfill scripture. Most probably Jesus is talking about Psalm 41, where it says, even my close friend, someone I trusted, one whom I shared my bread with, has turned against me. And so the example of Judas doesn't undermine God's promise 
Actually, just the opposite. It shows that God will always fulfill his plans and purposes. Jesus reassures the believers that Judas is the exception, not the norm. So when Jesus prays, Father, protect them, we can trust that he will. What sort of protection, though, is is Jesus actually praying for? In what form does this, this protection come? What does Father protect them actually look like for them and for us? We might think um, it looks a bit like um, a Christian ghetto um, in which God will, will gather us all in. Uh, he'll build some nice high walls. He'll put some barbed wire um, on the outside and he'll put a big, a big sign that says, do not come near world. I mean, it could be that, couldn't it? And that would be one way to protect uh, believers. Shut us off from everybody else. Keep, keep the world and all its evil out there and leave us in here. That's not what Jesus means, is it? And he makes that clear in verse 14. Look down again at verse 14. I have given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus' prayer isn't that God would take believers out of the world, but that God would protect the believers in the world as they face the attacks of the evil one. And so the protection that Jesus prays for is less about walls, uh, keeping us safe from the danger out there. It's less, less wall and more body armor. Keeping us safe in the heat of battle right now. And the fight will be hard. The enemy is real. But the victory is already won by Jesus at the cross. And God will protect us as we journey on the way. And these believers will be those who turn the world upside down, proclaiming Christ. And they're not about to retreat uh, into a Christian bubble. We might think it would be much simpler if we just lived in a little Christian commune. And we could do what we wanted. There'd be no one challenging us, uh, telling us what to do. But God doesn't think that's the best way uh, for us to live. God doesn't want us taken out of the world. He wants us in the world, but he will protect us even in the world. And so the promise of protection, once again, doesn't mean that that life will be trouble-free. Jesus never promises us that. But God will protect you. He will keep you to the end. And God, God gave the most precious thing he had, didn't he? He gave his son that he might win you back. He's not about to lose you now. So Jesus prays that believers will be protected in all that will come their way, in all that the world will throw at them. Protect them. He prays another thing, doesn't he? He secondly prays that, that God would sanctify them. Look down at verse 17 of chapter 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify is a slightly funny word, isn't it? We, we use it mostly um, in Christian circles to talk about a sort of ongoing progress towards godliness. You know, as I grow in holiness, I'm being sanctified. That's one way that the Bible describes sanctification. But I don't think Jesus can mean this here um, because of verse 19. For them I sanctify myself 
that they too may be truly sanctified. Now, Jesus isn't praying, is he, that, that he would be made more holy and that he would be sanctified in that way because Jesus is perfectly holy already. Now, I think here that sanctify is more uh, literally just what the word means, to set apart. To sanctify is simply to set apart. So just as Jesus has set himself apart for the work of the Father, so the believers are, are set apart for the Father's work. They have a task to accomplish in the world now for which Jesus is praying that they would be prepared, set apart. Jesus' task was to bring glory to to the Father through going to the cross. The believer's task is to be set apart to proclaim Jesus. We're just going to note two things um, about this setting apart. Firstly, it happens by the word, and it is for the world. It is by the word, and it is for the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus prays that believers will be set apart by the word of God. And it is the word and their response to it that has, has set the believers apart from the world already. Isn't it? It is, it is Jesus' word and their response to it that makes them his disciples in the first place. And so, as they are set apart for this task, they must cling to God's word. Why do we spend so much time uh, each Sunday looking at God's word together? Lots of other things we could do uh, as, a, uh, as God's people. Well, because we need to hear his word if we are to be set apart for the work that he's given us to do. We're set apart by the word. Secondly, then, for the world. Look at verse 18. As you sent me into the world... I have sent them into the world. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. The response of believers um, to God's word is not, is not to retreat into the Christian bubble, um, to, to just sit and uh, study the Bible together all day, every day. That's not what God's called us to. Now, just as, as Jesus was sent into the world... So now Jesus sends his followers into the world to point to him. Um, this, isn't, this isn't a monastic order. Um, retreating from the world um, in an attempt to, to make ourselves holy. No, it's not, a, it's not a monastery. It's a mission team. It is set apart by God for his work. And so, can I suggest that, that, that it's important that we know that God has set us apart for a task. If you're a Christian here this morning, um, Jesus has set you apart. He has placed you in your workplace, um, in your community, uh, in your school, whatever it might be, to be on mission there. He has placed you there to point to his son, Jesus and for many of us, that will mean, for all of us, in fact, that will mean sticking our heads above the parapet, um, which may mean uh, being shot at occasionally, um, probably metaphorically. But we've already been reassured, haven't we, that, that Jesus will 
protect us. He's prayed it and he will do it. Now we've been assured that Jesus set us apart to be there for the task of pointing to Christ. And so as you go home this afternoon um, or as you go into work uh, tomorrow morning, whatever it is, you can go confidently. And you can know that God will protect you there. Not by hiding you away in a corner, but he will protect you and give you the opportunity to point others to him. That's a wonderful thing. Jesus prays, protect them and sanctify them, set them apart. As we um, uh, draw towards a finish, Jesus says that if, if we get this, if we get that Jesus will protect us, that he will sanctify us, set us apart, two things will happen. It will lead to two things, according to Jesus. It will lead firstly to unity, verse 11. Jesus says, protect them so that they may be one as we are one. We'll spend most of next week actually thinking about the topic of unity as Jesus' prayer continues. But for now, um, know that as, as Jesus protects us, as he sets us apart, he also draws us together. It is like those who are in a battle together. He doesn't send us off on our own. We fight alongside others. And so we encourage each other in the struggles that we face, in the battles we are fighting. And we know that God will protect us, that he has set us apart. If we get this, we'll be united, Jesus says. We'll also be joyful. That's maybe slightly more surprising. Look down at verse 13. I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. The Christian life is not a case of, um, of sort of hunkering down and closing your eyes and covering your ears and just waiting for it all to, to finish. You know, wait, waiting for Jesus to take us to glory. It's not that. It is one of joy. There is real joy in knowing that whatever life brings, Jesus will protect you. That however hard it is, the place he has put you, he has given you a task to accomplish. As we close then, just just remember who it is that prays this for you. It is the eternal son of God, the one who has perfect access to his father and whose prayers are always answered. Jesus prays that you would be protected and that you'd be set apart for his work. And we're, we're going to respond in a moment by sharing the Lord's Supper uh, together. And the Lord's Supper, among many things, is a wonderful reminder that God has provided all that we need. That God will keep us going in this life now. He has promised to protect us and to strengthen us for our task. And once we've shared Lord's Supper, we'll, we'll pray these words in the prayer of thanksgiving, which capture it really well. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Having received from God, knowing that he will watch over us, we can go out to live for him, to point others to him. So as we prepare to share the Lord's Supper together, let me lead us in a prayer.
Heavenly Father, we praise you that in this world which is full of danger, you will protect us. Not by taking all the trouble away, not by taking us out of the world, but in protecting us through the midst of trouble and helping us to point others to Christ. Thank you that whatever comes our way, you will keep our hearts. Lord, we find this hard to believe and we find it even harder to live by. We're so quick to look at the, the things that frighten us, the things that trouble us. But we ask that you would strengthen us by your word, through your spirit, to keep living, to keep fighting, to keep proclaiming Jesus, in whose precious name we pray. Amen.